Hello, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter Audiocast. I'm your host, Dr. M. And this is volume 14, issue number four, which corresponds to the week of January 8th, 2024. In this issue, we're going to look at a literature review. And then the second part is about why ask why, and then the recipe. Song of the Week is a favorite of mine, Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town by Pearl Jam. Enjoy it. Okay, so let's dive into the literature review. Number one, in an excellent paper, Dr. Harlan and colleagues, including uh, Dr. Rob Lustig, we see a group looking at how to modify ultra-processed foods to remain tasty for consumption, but also get back to what was healthy. The lead author is Dr. Robert Lustig, a pioneering pediatric endocrinologist from the University of California, San Francisco, an upcoming podcast guest. From the paper, quote, ultra-processed food is established as a metabolic disruptor acting to increase adiposity, reduce mitochondrial efficiency, drive insulin resistance, alter growth, and contribute to human morbidity and mortality. Consumer packaged goods and their companies are beginning to understand the detrimental impact of the food they market and have employed substitution strategies to reduce salt, sugar, and fat. However, the harms of ultra-processed foods are far more complex than any single component and are not ameliorated by such simple solutions, end quote, Harlan et al., 2023. The group has three stated goals. One, protect the liver. Two, feed the gut. Three, support the brain. Brilliant. These all make sense. These are all of the aspects of health that we have discussed for years on this podcast and in this newsletter. His group has dedicated their work to meeting the companies at a place where they can produce that food in a healthful and cost-effective manner. This is an admirable desire for sure. This article is absolutely worth a full read. The paper goes on to cover five misconceptions of insulin resistance and chronic disease. One, chronic disease is the inevitable result of the aging process. Two, the rise in prevalence and severity of obesity and self-determined is self-determined due to an increased prevalence of the vices of gluttony and sloth. Three, obesity and chronic disease are the same phenomenon. Four, most clinicians mistakenly attribute the growing rise of non-communicable disease to fat depots, which are outwardly noticeable. And five, the cause of chronic disease is the quantity of the food consumed according to the metric of calories. Again, that's all from the article, Dr. Harlan et al. So for me, ultra-processed foods are causing mitochondrial dysfunction. That is unknown. And disease follows that through multiple pathways. Macronutrient and micronutrient composition, especially fiber, food additives, toxins, heat exposure, and packaging, mostly due to plastics as endocrine disruptors, are a big deal that we need to look at. These are the levers to pull on for all of us. Whole food, in its original or close to original form, will have the best macro and micronutrient profile. Vegetables and fruits are our fiber source. Synthetic food additives and emulsifiers are not to be consumed. Plastics and chemicals in food, water, and air are to be avoided. These are the simple truths to promote the next wave of health. We're going to get into a deeper dive into the science in the near future. Number two, as we start to see more adjunctive research supporting pharmacotherapy with cofactors, we will see better clinical improvements and less side effects. In a recent publication in the Journal of Affective Disorders, the authors noted that patients that were supplemented with vitamin B6 had significant improvements in mood. Zandafar et al., 2023. This is straightforward biochemistry. The cofactors improve enzymatic activity. 
quote, vitamin B6 is important for the synthesis of many neurotransmitters, including GABA, serotonin, dopamine, noradrenaline, histamine, glycine, and D-serine, indicating that vitamin B6 supplementation may enhance many neurotransmitter systems. Thus, vitamin B6 supplementation can treat the impaired neurotransmitter systems in a given patient, even if the actual impaired neurotransmitter systems are not defined in that patient, end quote, Sato K, 2018. This is big, folks. Paying attention to these things is massive, especially in teenagers. Anyone who's suffering from mood disorders, I highly encourage a high-quality multivitamin and then supplementation based on knowns of deficiency if you can figure those things out through blood testing or genomic testing. Stuff's really important. Three, BDNF or brain-derived neurotrophic factor is a very important protein for grow, growth of the brain and neuroplasticity. It is also now turning out to be a proxy for adequate vitamin, excuse me, adequate omega-3 fatty acid volume in the brain. From scientific reports, we see, quote, enriching brain DHA is believed to be beneficial for the prevention and treatment of several neurologic diseases, including Alzheimer's disease. An impediment in assessing the effectiveness of the treatments is the lack of reliable biomarker for brain DHA. The commonly used erythrocyte omega-3 index is not suitable for brain because of the involvement of unique transporters at the blood-brain barrier. We recently showed that dietary lysophosphatidylcholine, LPC-DHA, significantly increases brain DHA, which results in increases in brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Since there is bidirectional transport of BDNF through the blood-brain barrier, we test the hypothesis that plasma BDNF may be used as a biomarker for brain DHA enrichment. The altered effect of the brain DHA in rats and mice over a wide range using di different dietary carriers for DHA and the correlations between the increase in brain omega-3 index with the increases in plasma BDNF and the erythrocyte index were determined. Whereas the increase in brain omega-3 index positively correlated with the increase in plasma BDNF, it neg negatively correlated with erythro erythrocyte index. These results show that plasma BDNF is more reliable than red blood cell erythrocyte index as a biomarker for assessing the effectiveness of omega-3 supplements in improving brain function. End quote. Sugasani, S-U-G-A-S-A-N-I et al. 2020. BDNF is critical for learning and memory, especially in the hippocampus and the neocortex. The issue with BDNF is that it decreases with pathological disease of the brain, i.e. it is a proxy for neurodegeneration. As it decreases, brain plasticity is reduced and cellular function goes sideways. This is all bad news. The good news is the diet, exercise, sleep, and general lifestyle choices are BDNF enhancing. Thus, if omega-3 fatty acids increase BDNF volume, and this is a biomarker for O3 omega-3 fatty acid brain uptake, then it would likely follow that omega-3 fatty acids are very important for part of the brain's healing process, which we know from many other studies. Get some fish oil into your body, folks. Best way is through small oily fish like mackerels, sam like mackerel, excuse me, salmon, trout, and sardines. But take fish oil if not. Number four, what is happening to the gut microbiome when non-caloric sweeteners like aspartame are consumed? The authors look specifically in the duodenum of the small intestine where post-acid hydrolyzed food is mixed with bile and pancreatic enzymes before entering the jejunum and remainder of the small intestine. This cell study compared aspartame, non-aspartame non-caloric sweeteners, and a control on the microbiome of the duodenum. They noted that both non-caloric sweeteners and aspartame reduced biodiversity and also increased the proportion of gram-negative rods like E. coli and Klebsiella. 
Hosseini et al. 2022, H-O-S-S-E-I-N-I 2022. The key to this study is twofold. One, weakened biodiversity is a proxy marker for leaky gut and inflammation over time, i.e. not good. Two, rising gram-negative rods is a main driver of LPS or lipopolysaccharide release into the systemic circulation due to a concentration gradient and the associated leaky gut. The LPS in the bloodstream is a direct trigger of toll-like receptor activation, immune activation, subsequently, and mobilization of lipoproteins, including LDL and HDL, to clear the LPS. The end result is elevated LDL levels, which are ApoB-containing and a direct link to cardiovascular disease. Well, pretty clear here, folks. Lots of data there looking at things we can do to shift the risk of disease over time. Clearly, Eating healthy has always been the biggest piece. Getting omega-3 fatty acids is important. Avoiding sugared sweetened beverages and even these non-caloric sweetened beverages is super important. Making sure you're getting your cofactors in your diet to help ameliorate mood disorders and then clearly avoiding ultra-processed foods. That's sort of the summation of this week's stuff. Section two is about why ask why. In Alison Gopnik's book, The Gardener and the Carpenter, which I've been looking at a lot lately, she discusses this question. Why do kids ask so many blasted questions of why? On and on. Why, daddy? But why? But why? My kids did that. Evolutionarily, there has to be a reason for this universal child brain programming. There are no mistakes of human development as it relates to these brain actions that are so universal. So why? According to Gopnik, the incessant questioning is necessary for children to understand the new and ever-expanding world in a way that is deeper and broader, which allows for their growth in it and with it. It is this free will ask of why that opens many doors for children that is simultaneously universal and diverse per child. Each child will ask why. Hear a detailed answer as fact or story and then interpret that answer into how they see and interact with the world. Research has shown time and again that children will perform better on tasks of building a Lego after it is deconstructed if they have to explain how the structure worked versus what it looked like prior to deconstruction. This is why, this is a why does the structure appear this way? How does it work? And why are you seeing it this way? I think of this as a see one, do one, teach one activities that we see in medical school. The see one is the mind's why as you witness. The do one is I do understand it and I'm going to reproduce it. The teach one is here, I can show you how to do it. This way of looking and learning and doing is rooted in, in the toddler often before they even truly speak well. Interesting enough, there's more discussion in this book about the play theory, which I'm going to get to in a couple of weeks. And the play piece is super incredible. The less you show a kid, the more they just play with something, the better they learn. It is no wonder to me that kids keep pressing the Y button. They are not satisfied until they truly feel a deep understanding. So cool. Evolutionarily incredible. As we age, some people lose the Y question, begin to accept what they see. And this lack of Y curiosity is not a good thing. This is a very dangerous path for medicine and raising children. We need to be ever watchful for the doctrine, believers of the now without question. We need to help them find their inner toddler. This is a reality that allowed the dark ages to keep medicine underground for a thousand years. This is communism at its core. Don't question, just follow. This is protocolized medicine that I'm seeing far too often now. Here's what someone at Harvard just deemed the answer to be. So you just do it. I'm not a fan of that. Nope. The inner child has known for thousands of years that correct path is to ask why. I ask why on everything in medicine, as you probably already know. I do not believe that big pharma, big insurance, and big hospital systems are altruistic based on my personal experience. 
I believe that we need to ask why over and over again with two core values at the center of the ask. Does the child benefit and does it violate the Hippocratic Oath? If these two values are not met, then the ask shifts to not why, but what is the next question that we're going to ask that will meet these values? Children should benefit from every why question, and they should not be violating the Hippocratic Oath. It is as simple as that. I think, for example, that the hospital systems that are removing pediatric services from rural communities and associated hospitals have failed value number one. The shift to completely centralized pediatric services in the big cities is a net loss for health care of children, or a large insurer that has been using artificial intelligence to Enhanced claims denial while posting record profits fails number one and number two. Harm all the way around. Or the use of GLP-1 agonists for weight loss in children while providing garbage food at school, home, limiting school exercise, etc. fails one and two all day long. Circle back to the why. For the child in your world, help them explore the why over and over. Stimulate the curiosity all the time. Answer the why with story and fact laced throughout. This appears to be the best way to help us stay on course as a society. Our children should be thinkers and doers and not followers. A world of followers is why we had the Holocaust, communist genocides, and other nightmares where normal people do evil things by following dictators and maniacal leaders. A questioning mind will help prevent groupthink and group damage. That has always been the American gift to question and protest against the failure to honor value ask number one and number two. As I am firmly firmly rooted in the second half of my life, I want to spend my time helping the youth in clinic see the need to be curious, honorable, and focused on health. It's that simple. It really is. Recipe of the week, Israeli vegetable salad. Super cool by Ina Garten. As always, the links to the studies as discussed, the recipes, everything else is at the SalisburyPediatrics.com website. You can click on the Health and Wellness tab and all the information is there. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Concentrate on reducing screen time as an example for your children. I mean consciously yourself, reduce your screen time. Stay present moment as much as you can and always hug those kids. The information provided in this newsletter, audio cast, is for educational and informational purposes only and is not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or healthcare professional. It is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue and does not constitute the formation of a provider-patient relationship. And in the end, that is the story. Have a great day.